Welcome back, you guys. This is Richard Sachs on Lost Arts Radio, and you're on Conversations with Gabriel. And I just wanted to say a couple of quick things uh, before we really get into the discussion right away. And that is that for people who don't know, Gabriel Cousins is a medical doctor, fully authorized under the medical system and many other certifications as well. Massive amounts of study on his own. And he is not the average medical doctor who just repeats what he memorized in medical school, that most of them think they learned and don't realize how much is just memorization. He went really questioning everything, which is the foundation, one of the foundations of real science, and is rarely practiced nowadays. And we're, one of the things that he discovered in doing that, and I'll just talk for a quick second here, I'll hand it over to him, is that there's something that was used for thousands of years in our known history and probably way before, called fasting, usually referred to in the old days as fasting and prayer. And that had meaning, not just reciting a prayer, but a mentality that had to be used along with fasting for best results. And it was used to cure virtually all health conditions. And Dr. Cousin said that could be adapted to now and found that by doing a certain protocol with juice fasting, which was not available thousands of years ago, as far as we know, like it is now, and uh, live food to make it easier for people to not just have to do a prolonged fast. Uh, all kinds of things, again, could be cured, notably diabetes. And he's written several books, one of which is There is a Cure for Diabetes, because it, what he did is address the cause and the reversal. And he's been doing that all over the world with projects that are helping millions of people, and still is. But we have a different situation now. We still have the physical problems to deal with, and the same basic principles can be used because they don't change. They're part of nature, designed into the way the, the biosphere was put together way before our history began. So that still can be used and should be used by anybody who wants to get in better shape physically. But there's something else going on now. We have a hidden cartel that has been working for thousands of years toward a crescendo that they think they're about to achieve now. And it's relevant to you and to pretty much everybody because their agenda involves annihilation of life and killing of the biosphere, and we're part of that. And so are all the other life forms. So the question is, all right, coming from this base of using ancient principles to cure physical uh, health problems. What do you do when you're faced with a non-physical force where the uh, top-level rulers are coming from, dark energy? How do you counter that using similar principles transposed to the non-physical level? How do we reverse the agenda for the annihilation of life? And that's where meditation focus, intention, and some things that are not generally known to have any power to do anything physically. The whole question is, if they can, and there are a lot of clues that they could change the world situation completely, 
how do we use that quickly enough so that we put it into practice before the goals of the negative agenda are reached? And that's our focus now, although we can cover other things too. So without using up any more of our time, I'll hand it over to Dr. Cousins. Richard, thank you very much. Um, I always like to start with a little prayer, merging the heavens and the earth, which is key to really understanding and solving the question you mentioned. Because uh, it's also merging the heart and the mind and not splitting them. So here's the prayer. Okay, so in difficult times, and this may be appropriate, uh, really appropriate for people, in 1802, uh, people, uh, things were very, very difficult for people in Russia, okay? And uh, they came to uh, a spiritual teacher in that teacher, and they said, well, what can we do? This is just like, this is overwhelming. That's 1802, right? Nothing's exactly changed. And he said, we need to dance for spiritual joy first and kind of remember what the truth is in things, meditate a little bit, and uh, and then we can, have a, we can talk about it because you'll already begin to access the truth of it. And so this is a, uh, just to go over meditation real simply for us before we dance for spiritual joy for three minutes to get ourselves tuned into the the bigger truth of things. Um, This is a, a name of God that actually he used and it's, uh, Yod on the in breath, Hey on the out breath, Wa on the in breath, Hey, on the out breath. And yod from the base up to the heart. Hey, out to the heart. Wa from the base up to the third eye. Hey, out to the heart. And you just keep repeating it until your mind's quiet. Now, there's one other uh, approach, um, which is the activation of the spiritual energy in the East called Kundalini. Um, Having lived in India for practically seven years in an ashram, I had a pretty good feeling for that. And in the West, we, we call Khaniha. And it's the transmission of that uh, spiritual energy, in this case, or over the Internet, so it's through the eyes, but also it's by luck, look, and by, uh, which we mentioned, we're doing now, by touch and by sound. So let's dance for a little bit, and then we'll meditate for a little bit, and then we'll kind of go into the discussion. Okay, Doug, ready.
No. Just... Focus on me. And feel the energy coming through. My soul touching yours.
talk and Richard mentioned really two things I think are important one is uh, the health paradigm and the other one is climate change and I have just finished a series on this channel with Richard about climate change so why are these two important because the world is facing climate change tyranny potentially and the World Health Organization is talking about medical tyranny. So we have to look and say, wow, how, isn't that interesting? So um, I don't want to spend too much time on the climate change, but basically just to review it for people, because some, for some of you this may be your first show, um, the climate has been in cycles of global warming and cooling for the last 650,000 years. This is nothing new here, okay? And basically, in the last 10,000 years, they've been able to show very clearly at least 20 periods of global warming and then obviously global cooling. Dr. Easterbrook uh, pointed out some things, too, that they've tried to alter the data, and he, he got hold of the original data, and they have altered it. But nevertheless, as people saw my, my presentation, it's getting colder, okay, because we're in global cooling, which started in 1998, uh, dropped at least a half a degree centigrade by 2010, and really took off in 2019 and probably will peak in 2033. And then by 2050, we'll kind of move back into global warming. It's not a linear thing. That's just total misinformation. So, um, and about the CO2, well, in the 1930s, we had a really warm uh, part of the cycle, but it was not connected. It was an increase of carbon dioxide. That happened later. Um, and basically the uh, global warming and cooling cycles related to sunspots by, uh, this is researched by Dr. Casey um, and he he was a retired or is a retired NASA uh, scientist and he laid it all out it's uh, increased sunspots more global heating, decreased sun sunspots, and we are going into what's known as a solar minimum now. They call it the sun going into hibernation. Decreased sunspots, global cooling. And it's only been going on for 650,000 years. This is not exactly new information, except for our level of education now. So that's one thing that's going on. So when they try to do a lockdown, which they're talking about, climate change lockdown, because 
uh, we're going to we're going to create too much carbon dioxide. We're going to create global warming. Global warming doesn't exist anymore. We're in a cycle of global cooling. So it's just good to kind of remember that the uh, carbon dioxide is so important, so unimportant. It's thirty nine one thousandth of 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 one percent, basically point oh three five percent. So it's it's uh, um, it's nothing, okay, and so that's what we're looking at uh, in, in that level of deception and confusion and excuse for a global uh, lockdown. Um, we just have these cycles, but the carbon dioxide actually follows the warming cycle, sometimes up to about 100 years. And But there's no correlation scientifically for the last 10,000 years between carbon dioxide and global warming. Now, that's the important thing. Um, so that that's one piece I'm gonna we're, we're talking about, and we we just need to really understand that this is a mass hypnosis that we're talking about. It's just simply not true, and the data is there overwhelmingly. And uh, this um, researcher. Uh, Dr. Casey laid a lot out in his book, but it's all over the place. And it's called Temperatures, you know. And uh, actually, this Dr. Easterbrook testified before Congress, and they just had a hard time because he was, he got the real data, and he was laying it out. So that's one thing. Why it's important? Because when you know that it's a lie, it makes it a lot easier to say, no, this is ridiculous. And the, one of the ways that we are going to cope with this, preventing them creating a, a climate change tyranny, is to know the truth. And we're getting out as best we can at this level, because if uh, Biden has his way, you know, we'll, we'll have this... Ministry of Truth uh, type situation uh, that they talked about in 1984. Um, now, that takes me to the next point, the COVID story. We're not going to spend a lot of time on it because really the issues are bigger than that. But all the they have left, the government has, is lies. So they're going to lie about, they are lying about global the, the weather change because it's cooling, not warming. But they're also basically, unfortunately, really lied about the uh, COVID. Um, some people are not, uh, the, the research, no one's been able to identify the actual, quote, COVID virus. And in real life, called, it's via the principle called Cook's postulates. They can't find it. Um and other people are theorizing we're looking at different kinds of, of flus, virulent or not, but what, what it matters is they can't identify, they haven't found it in, in the cultures. That's one little piece. What we're also looking at is the, the kind of uh, something we talked about before, mass psychosis. People are in fear, 
When people go in fear, they'll believe whatever, okay? And just to kind of put in perspective, the PCR tests are 95% inaccurate. Some uh, in Africa, I can't remember the name of the leader, but he was just showing, uh, I think it was avocados or positive, tested positives, you know, that, that kind of level. Uh, the swabs are laced with morgellons, and that's a, a, a synthetic, I don't know, I would call it like a bacteria that's infective and it creates all kinds of problems for people, a lot of skin problems, but other levels of problems. And it also, if they put it up into this area, it can uh, rupture the blood-brain barrier. And there are cases of people where they've been ruptured, where, where the cerebral spinal fluid actually is leaking out the nose. Um, first, you got something that's 95% inaccurate. In other words, no good. And I believe even the U.S. government, the CDC has said it's not any good anymore. I'm not positive of that because it goes back and forth. Swabs and other things on them. And what's really interesting is the DNA that they take from the swab, Bill Gates has financed it being sent to China. So we can do, they, China can do DNA mapping of, you know, really the world population, but clearly in the U.S. That's not really a good thing, Okay. And then the treatments, and I don't know really what people are thinking, but uh, midazolam is a drug used in, in the EU, and it suppresses respiration. So they give people midazolam, and their respiration decreases, and they die. There's a much higher rate of death with midazolam. So that's the kind of thing that's going on. Here we have... And the uh, remdesivir, which is actually for snake bites, it's an anti-venom, has lots of other things, but that raises people who receive that, their death rate is 39%. Other people go in the hospitals that they don't receive it, and their, their rate of death is somewhere between 10 and 29%. And there's a big difference. Okay, then we have, so drugs that suppress respiration as a treatment for respiration being suppressed. That's interesting. Actually, it's a way of killing people. Okay, and their respiration gets suppressed, and they give them more caffeine, which also suppresses your respiration. And we have a... a very clear, uh, very much higher death rate, like in England, with use of those drugs. Basically, we have bribery, corruption, all these things are going on in, in the hospital levels. We have lockdowns that have been proven not to work. We just have to look at the Sweden example of that and face masks. No proof that they work. Of course, we know already know that before Sweden spoke up because of previous research, uh, over 20 studies showed that the face masks don't work. How, how, how can a, a, a face mask, which is a much bigger hole in it than uh, the size of a virus, uh, it's like having a prairie fence stop a, a fly from getting through. It doesn't work, okay? 
viruses can go so if there is a virus and so forth that is different than any other than a flu virus the distancing doesn't work what works is being healthy okay what works is that and I've laid out a whole program for that I'm not going to review that but there's a whole nutrition program on my website uh, you go to drcousins.com or treeoflife.mn.co and you can get the full layout how to protect yourself and uh, other people of, uh, in India they've used ivermectin with a 97% success rate and 5-hydroxychloroquine with uh, 75% and when you combine the two together you have a, a very high level of <coughs> I just got the drink of water. Now, the CDC itself has admitted that only 6% of those who died from COVID could be traced directly to, you know, a flu. All the rest were people that had COVID, 94% had comorbidities. And that's just something to keep in mind um, in the bigger picture. And some of the recent research shows that um, you're looking at, this is in Israel, a 25% increase in cardiovascular events in people six, age 16 to 39 who received the what I call the bioweapon shot, a 25% increase, and that's that's big. It's been validated from a variety of different ways. That's really important, um, and that's secondary to the uh, that the shot. Now, the the research is sophisticated because it shows it it's because they took people who also had COVID quote infections. And they didn't have that 25% increase. It's only if you got the bioweapon injection. That's very significant. They say, well, how do you tell the difference? Well, again, sophisticated research showing that getting sick actually, um, you know, with the COVID without anything else, without getting the, the uh, vaccine by bioweapon injection, you're, you're much lower morbidity, 25% higher if you've had the bioweapon injections. And that's really cardiovascular events from high you know, cardiomyocarditis and a variety of things. And it's especially getting worse with heat facts, with each shot, first shot, second shot, they're able to look at the data. Um, and they looked at people before the whole COVID thing began as well. So, The, the, the point, and this is also validated in Germany and also in Scotland. So what we're talking about is a lot of confusion. Uh, and again, I use the word mass psychosis, but basically hypnosis and fear about the climate change that's actually getting colder. And statistically, we can show that. And it's going to be harder and harder for them to deny it. And then the second part is COVID. 
uh, situation where really if people, the vaccines are not safe and effective, social distancing doesn't work, wearing a mask doesn't work, being healthy works. And, and that is like your vitamin D. People who take uh, adequate uh, amounts of vi- vitamin D do somewhere between five and 10,000, depending on the person, they have 50% less upper respiratory infections. infections. So it goes on and on. But we pick these two vectors, climate change, which is really um, threatening lockdowns there, and then lockdowns of, of repeated uh, you know, viral infections. So those are the things that, that <clears throat> I'm bringing to the, the information, <clears throat> to bringing to you. And so I think it's worth uh, beginning to see a bigger picture of what this story is about. And really what it's about is they're offering lots of lies. And now with the, was it, 2,000 mules um, coming out, now we're seeing, oh, great, we have a, you know, well-documented election fraud. Uh, where we have people coming, you know, to all these drop boxes, the same person and so forth. It's, um, and it goes on and on. So the question is, what do we do? Well, one of the things we know is that meditation does make a difference. The research shows uh, in Rhode Island when they brought meditators in uh, over a summer, uh, the crime rate dropped 43%. People said, well, that's a fluke. So they brought them back the next summer and they dropped 49%. So what we're looking at is a shift in the global mind. That's what we're looking at. And that is uh, a really uh, important, really, really, really important thing. And we're going to, we'll end this program with, a meditation visualization that we worked out. It takes about five, six minutes to kind of um, give you a taste of it. I'm recommending people, recommending people do it every night at 10. Um, uh, in, in Israel time, but whatever the time that is, it's, it's uh, three in the afternoon and East Coast and, and noon and the West Coast. So I'm giving you kind of a bigger view of what we're looking at using those two areas. Um, and Richard mentioned in his intriguing introduction uh, about the diabetes. And, uh, in 2007, I did research, and we, the myth is diabetes is incurable, progressive, and loses 10 to 19 years off your life. And that's kind of a belief system people have. And what I showed is it's in three weeks, 61% of the uh, people with type 2 diabetes were healed. So we have a irre- quote, irreversible disease with people being healed in three weeks, which means the blood sugar less than 100 and no medications. So that's important. 
Uh, I won't go too much further with that, uh, just to make the point that if there's a belief system, it does affect your outcomes. So taking people who generally the whole medical community, well, you can't heal type 2 diabetes. You know, we're not even talking type 1, but type 2, you can't do that. And we did. And now, from that breakthrough, other places are with the particular diet are also doing that. You know, so uh, we have the same potential breakthrough uh, as we uh, expose the uh, the mass lies that allow people to, to go into this kind of subtle hypnosis. So that's I think really, really important to understand. We do have the power to change this around with the power of meditation, with the power of con- of sharing with people once you do your research how we can do it, just like we can heal diabetes 61% in three weeks. That's a lot when it's supposed to be zero. Um, so uh, that gives you an overview of the situation. And Richard, I don't know if there's anything you want to add. Uh, it's a great comparison between diabetes worldwide and the current situation because, um, as you said, in the conventional thinking, even type 2 diabetes is incurable. That's just a belief that you have to have because you memorize that that's true in medical school and you memorize that that's true from the public health authorities and CDC, and everybody says, yeah, that's true. And then you said, well, except for, I'll demonstrate, and I can cure it in many cases. Um, So right now, the incurable disease that we're looking at, supposedly incurable, is that the dark powers which originate at levels above where people are aware have infiltrated almost all the power positions worldwide. Maybe not 100%, but almost. And that wouldn't matter except for they've put a system in place where people are obeying their orders and doing their work. And they've got devoted servants that they have on the payroll and some that they have on threat of exposing blackmail information or killing their families, or various other incentives that seem to be pretty effective. I don't know about safe, but they're definitely effective. And so it looks like, and the dark powers seem to agree, that there's no ulterior alternate future other than destruction of life on this planet. And you can see them moving toward that. That looks from a conventional point of view, if you understand the magnitude of the problem, which is not just a misunderstanding, it's an agenda, it looks incurable, just like diabetes did. And so you're saying, well, wait a minute, remember this thing about diabetes being incurable, and that turned out to not be true. And there's millions of people who have benefited from being willing to look at that. You're saying... There's a way to cure this disease, too, of globalism and tyranny and slavery and extermination, which is the plan. That can be cured, too, 
maybe in all cases, even the people imposing it may be curable. And you're talking about meditation, and most people would think, well, meditation, that's just a way to make yourself feel better while everything gets worse. So how would you explain to those people why should that meditation, sitting and apparently doing nothing, have any effect on the real world, so-called real world? So I can't talk why. I mean, I can, but it is fa- it's a fact. Since 1973, there's been over 300 studies that have shown that that works. Period. 300 studies have shown that when people go to a certain area and meditate, the violent crime rate and crime rate in general goes down. So, it's, I mean, I can give an explanation, which is when you're quieting the global mind, which happens with meditation, They've shown it at so many different levels, but 300 study plus, you have less crime, less violence. And it doesn't mean that the meditators are just doing less crime. It's affecting the people who are not involved. (laughs) We're talking about the violent criminals, right? We're talking about the mindset. That's really important because those people are analogous to some of the dark side criminals that are imposing the agenda. Right, so it helps change the whole world, including the people pushing the agenda. Right. Or the people, um, not that they, as you kind of alluded, the agenda agenda may not even start with them. No, even beyond the globalists, but we don't need to go there. The fact is, we have the power through our minds, through education, which opens us, takes us out of the global hypnosis, as some doctors have said, global psychosis. And then once you're free from that, then you can do the actions to make it stop, to transform it. That's the good news. So your next book, There is a Cure for Global Extermination and Globalism, should hopefully be out there. <laughs> Could be. Of course, the other other one you wrote after you proved it, right, I think. And so this time, the first step is, okay, demonstrate, you know, which is what's waiting for us to do now. Right. So that's, as I say, over 300 studies. Um, In 16, they, they found it in in the towns of, of uh, 25,000 people, uh, minimum. They had 16 of each. And in that group of 16, where 1% of the population was meditating, there was a significant drop in the crime rate. But How could you define in general terms what kind of meditation these people were doing? Well, a lot of the research was done by TM. Okay. Transcendental meditation. Now, as far as I really understand, it's any any kind of meditation. Meditation and prayer. Uh, we know that again, prayer has been shown to work in this kind of way. Prayer for healing people and so forth. So, prayer, visualization, meditation 
they kind of cross over. And then we're going to end our program with, I want to lead what we're asking people to do every day because I know we can do this. They will not win. God wins, we win, higher consciousness wins. How about the idea, can you, we want to enhance this as much as possible, right? Because we're looking at not another study with a percentage of decrease. We need this solved, like diabetes was cured, not just a little bit better. So are there ways to enhance what has been done in the studies so that it can spread out and have a wider impact? Maybe a consciousness during the day between meditations? Or so let's, let's think about it for a second, because uh, you're, you're raising a very good question. Okay. So what the research shows, what I said, it's just 1% meditating in these cities of 25,000 people significantly drop the crime rate. That's important. Okay. Um, and so some research suggests uh, the square root of 1%. So if we look at 12,000 people or 20,000 people, something like that, all meditating, it changes the frequency. could change the frequency of the, of the whole planet. So in a simple way, what we're going to do is, is a uh, – a way of beginning to change it. Now we can do that twice a day, but the research is suggesting just once a day. But the point is, we can do it. If it's twice a day, that's fine too. But it also may, makes a difference if everybody's doing it at the same time, roughly speaking. Right. And you bring an interesting point up in changing the frequency, because what it leads to is the realization that in spite of our really limited perception through our senses, there's more than just physical gases in the atmosphere. Right. And that's, I think that's it. The key is when we do that, we really do make a difference. That is, well, how many more than 300 studies do you need to show you make a difference? Right. And when oxygen is higher in the atmosphere, mm-hmm. everybody benefits including people that don't know that it's there. Because they go more into peace also. Right. So we're changing the balance of the energetic component of the atmosphere. We're changing the global brain and the global mind. Right. We're upgrading it. What about the rest of your life in between the daily meditations? What effect would that have? So... When you're, when you're, it's a good question. So we're talking about how do we make everything in our life sacred? How do we make all of life prayer? The meditation sets the tone. So I kind of suggest people meditate twice a day, first thing in the morning, and then usually in the evening, okay, sometime, like before you eat dinner or something like that. But it sets the tone for you then to break out of the mass hypnosis. And, and that's the key. And then it just keeps affecting everybody. So if you're affecting everybody while you're meditating, 
I would assume it follows that you're affecting everybody the other 23 and a half hours of your day. Yeah, but, but the, meditation, the answer is yes, and that's why I say we want to make everything sacred. First, affect yourself and change your consciousness. So everything we do is sacred. Everything we do creates a holiness. And we have holiness in time, like uh, uh, your, you know, a Shabbat in some kind of way, holiness for yourself, you know, twice a day. But then that affects how you are with the rest of the world. So it really becomes 24 and 7. That would be the maximum enhancement, which we need right now, because there is a time element in this. We we don't want to take 100 years or to say that the next study shows, well, they killed us 10% slower, so it worked. That's not going to get it. So, so we, we really, you're talking like the study in Rhode Island was just like two months. Right. There's a 49% drop in crime rate, violent crime. That's that's pretty quick. That's enough of a clue. So now we have to build on that. And you're talking about making everything sacred. So let's take some examples. If you're building a barbed wire fence, you're just out there building a barbed wire fence and you're thinking about the posts in the ground and wrapping the wire and getting it tight, the usual stuff that you would think of. How is that going to be transformed into something sacred? Because as you're doing it, you're thinking you're part of the play of God and that the everything is holy. So you approach it with sacredness, what you're doing. Mundane becomes sacred. Washing the dishes becomes a sacred act of purification. Right. What about some other situations like um, you meet somebody in the grocery store that starts arguing with you or complaining about something or just generally being uh, not nice in some way, maybe aggressive? How do you transform that from the usual response of mutual aggression into a sacred encounter? Again, it's a... It's a sense of inner peace that that person can tune into. Now, I'm going to mention something else. And this isn't as proven as uh, it appears. But it does appear that after people have gotten a shot, and I think it has to do with the VMAT2 gene, the God gene, is altered. Okay? And so people are saying that people become like zombies. They just, they don't, we started the minute today with emerging heart mind, but the mind seems to be disconnected from the heart and people are running on mass psychosis emotions and they're no longer connected to the higher frequencies. And I, there's some hint. They, they, people talk about the zombies, okay, that, that they've lost some kind of human quality and there can be mass psychosis emotionally controlled and if you're talking about that that's much harder if you're talking about people who haven't that you could actually have a discussion with then your peacefulness and your lovingness often not being idealistic but often can change the situation right that's true 
You know, we've seen that with things like Ho'oponopono too. You know, watching our own thoughts and the reactive program if somebody is being uh, malevolent or argumentative toward you is to respond in the same energy. And uh, you're saying there's an alternative, right? Yeah, you, you, you really try to be a heart-to-heart making a, you know, a, a connected type of thing rather than a disconnected energy because that's a no-win for both. Right, so the whole thing depends on strengthening it in yourself. And then when you get tested by surprise and someone comes at you in a way that triggers your automated response in the same vein as they're coming in, uh, you'll find out how much progress you've made in your own stability. Because the first, again, starts with you. You're able to hold the energy, and they're, let's say they're, how some people talk about as zombies at this point, they're disconnected, they're just anger, and they're not seeing you as a human being. You try to see them as a human being. And sometimes you just have to stay out of the way. Yes. Yeah, so if you're quiet and somebody's running that trip, there's ways to stay out of the way. Sometimes that's the best you can do. It's an energetic level martial art, peace-based martial right. art. Right. So do you want to end with the meditation that you're talking about and show yeah. us how it works? So just kind of close your eyes and visualize energy rising up through your system all the way to the level, the heavens, the center point of God. And when the energy reaches there, that it, it releases this white pearlescence white energy coming down around the planet Earth and then up to all the the planet chakras, the base chakra, all the way up to the crown. And then you're standing on the Earth and it goes up through you and it reaches what we call the lytic gland, which is two finger breaths below the belly button. That's the source where the sacred feminine is. So feel the energy coming up and it reaches that lytic gland area, and it releases a tremendous amount of the sacred feminine, sacred sound energy going up through all your chakras, out to the crown, all the way back to the center point of God, and all the dimensions uh, through which you go, and then it releases another white pearlescent light coming down, this time coming down through the crown of the head, and activating the pineal gland, which is the sacred masculine, and see your whole body turning to light. And these two cycles of the sacred feminine going up and the sacred masculine coming down, in the thymus heart area, interact with each other and create this tremendous explosion white, pearlescent light that is now beginning to expand and becomes a column of light. And as it expands, it's burning up all the toxins that are in our system, the nanobots and the 
just the graphene oxide and graphene hydroxide and all the uh, networks, whether you've been received the vaccine or not, it, this is burning up all the toxins. And now this column expands to include your whole body. And just feel everything burning up, vaporized in that white pearlescent light. And now let it expand. And it goes outside of your body. Now it's going to the very center of the earth, going up to the multiple levels of the heavens. And everything it touches, it transforms into this white pearlescent light. And now expands to all the planetary systems, all the dark holes, and now outside the solar system into the galaxies, and now into the multiple universes back prior to creation. And just rest there with that feeling of this column of white lesson light purifying all of creation transforming all the dark forces into the light. And now, go back to your heart center and feel that white pearlescent light and see it also growing as a sphere that covers your whole body and then actually surrounds the earth in this white pearlescent light sphere of tremendous light and now seeing it bring the light down and it's transforming all the humans on the planet and into that higher consciousness and all the mammals and all the birds and all the fish and all the reptiles and all the amphibians and all the plants and all the trees and finally the whole living planet becomes a whole other frequency of white pearlescent light. A planet of light. A planet of light with all its habits being beings of light. From the plants to the humans. And just hold that for a moment. And know that each day, wherever you are, if we are doing it together, we will enhance this power of the light to transform the darkness. So we talk about noon on the West Coast, 3 o'clock on the East Coast, 10 o'clock in the Middle East and when you feel ready to commit yourself to do it every day do it uh, and we do it all at once it's very powerful for the healing of the, and transformation of the planet that is what we're meant to be on the planet and that is what will happen Amen. Oh, thank you, Asim.
Okay. Richard, do you want to add anything to that? I think this is mm -hmm. test time for humanity. And it doesn't mean that everyone has to get what we're talking about. But if there's a small core group that puts their focus into it, not in a way to adapt, adopt a new belief system because that's not needed, but actually a new experimental practice to actually put into motion and see what happens, that can become contagious and spread all over the world without having to go and convince anybody of anything. We're having an effect on each other all the time. It's just scattered right now, so we don't notice it. And we're focusing it. That's the point. That's exactly what we're doing. That's it. So I think this is our opportunity to not just kind of brush over what you're saying, but for the people that actually will say, wait a minute, this could really be important. This isn't just another radio interview. This is something that looks like something I've seen before, but it can be used. It's got potential that is way beyond what is apparent on the surface. And you're looking for those one out of 100,000 people or whatever the ratio is that will say, no, I'm going to pay attention and I'm going to actually put my energy into this and see what happens. Yeah, and our consistency and our commitment makes all the difference in the world. Yeah, you can't try it for five minutes and say, well, it didn't work. Yeah, and we will succeed. And this is a, a very straightforward of transforming the whole planet. Prophecy, the lion and the lamb will lie down together because people are transformed. Prophecy, even the carnivorous animals will become vegans or vegetarians. Yeah. That's, that's prophecy. It's going to happen in our lifetime. You can't, can't do stuff like that on the, well, like Einstein said, you can't solve the problem with the mentality that created it, right? Right. And that's why we're changing ourselves and we change the planet. Yeah. And that's been said and repeated by generations of philosophers. But we're saying, all right, this time, we don't want to repeat it again and memorize it. We want to actually do it. Right. And there's not going to be any mistaking when we do it, because the outside will reflect it. Yes. That's when you know it is being done for, for real. So, we have our homework, right? Yeah, we have our homework, our cosmic homework. Right. And uh, and it doesn't take a lot. Square root of one percent to change the world. We can do it. Okay. And diabetes is an example. The the truth is, I also healed the really really incurable type one diabetics twenty percent in three weeks. Who sustained it? Right. That's impossible. Right, which one one of the big obstacles we have to getting any of this stuff real and, and to getting it done is our really deep seated beliefs 
of all the things that are impossible. Right. That's why I brought it up at the end. Kind of a punchline. Right, right. And remember, your beliefs are not what you would tell somebody what your beliefs are if they ask you. Your beliefs are on a subconscious, emotional level. Although we can bring it to the conscious. You know, like, you know, I have uh, juvenile diabetics who are, they're no longer diabetics. They have normal blood sugars. Right. And they're not, any, they're not on insulin anymore. That happens. Yeah, and this is like right at the core of what you're talking about. We have to get to the level of our real beliefs and change them from unconscious to conscious, become aware of them, and decide what to change them into. I mean, actually, you have a belief of what's impossible. You don't need a belief of what's possible. You just need to be open to it. And... Let go of your belief of it's impossible. Yeah, that's all. How hard could it be, right? It works. We can do it. We can do it. Yeah. Thank you, Dr. Cousins. Hopefully we'll come back in a week and people will have changed their focus. So we'll all be doing this together at the same time. Go over the times again. So, in Israel, it's 10 p.m. West Coast, it's uh, noon. East Coast, it's 3 p.m. So, it's those are the ranges. And then, of course, the time zones change a little bit, but you want to link it. Right. And that doesn't mean that we're ignoring the people in Asia and Japan and everywhere else, you know, Get on the internet and find out what time that is for you. That's the point. And consider how long does this take? Like twenty minutes? Are you recommending something? Well, we just did it what seven minutes. Right. So, if I was in mean, Asia, it's good to meditate longer. But I, the whole idea is you can do it in a pretty short time. Right. So, if I was in Eastern Asia, I would look it up on on the internet and I would get up for 10 minutes at 2.30 in the morning or whenever it was and take part. Yeah. It's an invitation, right? Africa, wherever you are. That's right. Oh, one more thing. Um, For people that want to get in touch with you, what do they do? Well, they can go to drcousins.com or they can also go to treeoflight.mn.co there it is then put it back up and you still do some individual private sessions with people I actually do I see people all from all over the world via the, the you know zoom and it works really well I, I'm actually I was a little prejudiced against doing that, but it really does work well. And yeah. if you want, if you want an appointment with me, go to info at treeoflife.nu and we just do it. Yeah, I, I take a little, I take a more intensive approach. So the first time I meet with people, two and a half hours, two to three hours, but two and a half hours is where we go to really understand. Once you understand, then you can develop a plan that then is designed for that person to really 
begin to make the breakthroughs to transform them. Right. So you're integrating physical and spiritual levels at the same time. Yes. They affect each other. Right. right. There's like a chain. You go from spiritual, psychological, emotional, and physical. But you can make physical changes that change you spiritually. Yeah. It goes both ways. Yeah, simultaneously. Yeah. So that's something to understand. Most people think it has to be from spiritual down to physical, but it can be. I've had people make a physical change, and it changes them all. It changes their spirit. Right. And what's yeah. happening in your body really affects your mind. Yeah. You know, that's why chemicals change your thoughts and emotions and things like that. Yeah. So it's it's really to understand that it can go both ways. Right. Okay. So we know what to Great. do. Great. And actually, you're talking about faster retreats. We do have a faster retreat coming up in uh, August 20th. And we have a one-day meditation. Now you reminded me of things. We have a one-day meditation coming up on uh, May 22nd, like a meditation retreat where we really help people. Mm-hmm. And for those interested in the Essenes, uh, May 15th, we have our monthly Essene course. And the scenes were, were at, again, a very high frequency. They were the mystics of the desert. And that's for everyone around the world. It's a little bit more based with the Brazil seniors, but it's for everyone. And so we have lots of things to support you in all your different ways, wherever you are. Is that a one-day course or longer? The scene is, is going to be, it's well, we've been doing it. But it's like two years. It'll keep going, uh, and then eventually we'll have a tour to to see where the go to Qumran and and uh, I don't know if we'll make it to like Mariannas in Egypt, but basically it's an ongoing course because uh, it's again another way of affecting consciousness. So how often does it meet? Once a month. Okay, always on the 15th? No, just in May 15th. Okay, okay. We always pick it, you know, the next month because so many things happen. And then the meditation retreat is every other month. So we have one in May and then we have one in July. Okay, and this is all, all listed at drcousins.com too, right? Yes, or treealife.mn.co. Okay. All right. So they can do do what a lot of it's free. We're also on Thursdays we have a spiritual nutrition hour. Uh, it's uh, for five thirty to six thirty Israel, and then we have alive and liberated with Dr. Gabriel, and that's from seven to eight thirty. Um, those are the English speaking ones. So that's every Thursday. <clears throat> So we have fasting retreats, getting back to that idea, and then we have, uh, you know, uh, nutritional discussions, and then we also have kind of a live in the brain, which is kind of more a spiritual focus. Sounds good. I invite you to join and let this thing grow, you know, because everything we do affects the consciousness of the planet, and we have the power to do this. 
you know. I'll tell you one other little story. Uh, in England, at 9 p.m., people had a minute of silence during World War II. Minute of silence and prayer every day. Every day. And one of the things the Germans said is that they didn't understand it, but it was some kind of secret weapon that the British had. Where literally, I have the quotes from it, like a secret weapon they had. That with big men, the clock, when it struck nine, people did this. And, it, and he said that it really empowered the people. And the Germans understood that. They didn't understand it, but they understood it was empowering the people. That's a true story. Reminds me of the Christmas truth story from World War One. Yeah. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah. So, we have the power. We just have to understand we need to use it in a way that uplifts humanity. Okay, so peace be with you. Shlom, shlom, shlom. And Om and Takuasin, which means in Native American to all my relatives. Uh, as a sun dancer, we can say that kind of prayer. Oh, wow. Four years old. Four years old to do that. Because I've been adopted to Lakota. Uh, so, Oman Takiasin to all my relations. Thank you, Dr. Cousins. We've got work. We know what to do for the week and afterwards. Yes. Might as well start now. And understand, we will win. Power and awe, that's what David Goliath played out, right? Goliath, the big giant. David is, well, I don't know if he's 13 or 14 years old. And, you know, Goliath with the spear and the sword. And there's little old David, you know. It's like, what, are you supposed to scare me or something? Are you kidding me? And he takes his thing because God's with me. Get that. He takes a sling, boom, hits him in the, in the forehead, knocks him out, takes his sword, chops off his head. And they lady, well, I'll just leave it there, awe and power to scare this kid, and he just didn't get scared. He understood the power of God was with him, and he could defeat the darkness. So we are David's here. And we will defeat the Goliath. So, peace be with you. Thank you, Dr. Cousins. That was incredible. But it's really only incredible if we do something. And, and that David and Goliath story reminds me of another uh, guest we've had on Lost Arts Radio several times, which is Sheriff... Richard Mack, who wrote a great little book that I recommend called Are You a David? Which Dr. Cousins was just answering that question. Yeah, you are. And uh, cspoa.org, if I go from memory, because it just now came to mind, um, everything connected to what that great organization is doing. But really, we're in a situation now where it is another 
chapter of or another version of David and Goliath, we've got I understand why people don't really want to understand the situation we're in because it's pretty intense. You know, as we said before, the power positions in the world right now, in almost every, pretty much every country that I know of, most of the power positions have been infiltrated by servants of evil who know it to different degrees that that's what they are. But not that that's what they are, but that's what they think they are. And it doesn't look very hopeful on that level. And that the bad guys think that it's just a matter of a short time before they enslave the rest of the world completely, you know, in the lockdowns that they're doing in China right now, and that clearly they're planning to try to impose again on the rest of the world. And new viruses that, uh, whether they're really viruses or not, new weapons, bioweapons that have been announced that they're planning to come out with what uh, Bill Gates has called Pandemic 2, acting like he's really happy about it, kind of giggling and rubbing his hands together. And this is clearly being done to enslave and exterminate humanity and actually all life, not just humanity. And at the top level, they know it's to exterminate the perpetrators too. It's a suicide mission. And on that level, it doesn't look hopeful, but at the top level of the power structure, they know they have a weak spot, and that's the one Dr. Cousins has been talking about all of our conversations, but especially this one and the last few minutes. And the question is, can humanity or, or some small segment of humanity recognize the depth of what he's talking about soon enough to use it for our current situation. And he's saying yes, and I I believe we can too. And the David and Goliath analogy is good with one exception that I would suggest, and you can see what you feel about it, but I would say the old story of David and Goliath is kill the enemy. And I'm saying... There's another level that may seem completely fantasy, impossible, can't be done. I'm saying, wake up the enemy. You know, there, there's a story in um, the Emerald Tablets talking about Thoth, and it's representative of what's possible. And he's attacked. You, you should read the Emerald Tablets. It's really interesting. And it's an inexpensive little paperback. He's attacked by the people of Chem before it came became Egypt a long time ago, after Atlantis was destroyed. And they wanted to kill Thoth and his group of uh, visitors because they looked like aliens to the civilization there. And instead of being the old-style David and Goliath and killing the, the attackers, Thoth actually had some internal focus and power, and he just used focus and energy without damaging the attackers and they froze not in temperature they didn't freeze to death they just couldn't move and he talked to them in a very nice tone because when you have enough power that's realized you don't need to be antagonistic nobody can touch you and that is that was that story is a reminder of that 
And in that story, that version, um, Goliath says, whoa, what am I doing killing this little kid, David? That's ridiculous. I don't need to prove anything by doing that. In fact, having this huge body as a giant, as Goliath, think of all the good things I could do. You know, building things for society and whatever the version of the story gets into. But that's what we could do with full realization of what Dr. Cousins is talking about. It's not invented by any of us, by any of the people in the studies. It's been a potential that's built in to the way this dimension is designed. It's just we can't use it without becoming conscious. So this is a consciousness test, not to show how great we are by killing the enemy, unless you mean the enemy of unconsciousness in yourself, but by becoming so stable and strong that your enemies change. That's a vision that's actually possible. So we're all working on the same thing. We're Interestingly enough, without conscious coordination, we're doing the same thing in Planetary Healing Club, looking at changing consciousness for eliminating impossible problems like aging and degeneration and not death, because death isn't a big deal. It's just leaving your current lifetime and going into your next environment. That's that's not, although it's been used as a big threat to inspire fear, by early religious groups and things like that and governments now. It's not a bad thing. It's like Gandalf talking to uh, Frodo in, in The Lord of the Rings. He says, no, it's not so bad. It's what happens when you're in the condition that they say you're alive, you know, like we are now. That's the hard part, not the death part. Um, so we can change the whole thing. It's actually possible. And it's funny how we resist the idea of, re- of us having potential of great power. It's not the ego power. It's not you know, to be over other people or to damage anybody or anything. It's the power that we're actually using now that's affecting everybody else everywhere. And it's scattered and all Dr. Cousins is suggesting, which I thoroughly agree with, bring it into focus, make it conscious. In order to do this, you have to relax, not just your beliefs in what's impossible, but your physical body and all the racing around of the mind chatter and all that has to be calmed down. And that's been worked on for ages and ages by people teaching meditation in different forms. And it hasn't done what Dr. Cousins is suggesting any time in history up to now other than in small-scale little applications. So this is a test. Can we do it other than on a small scale? And small and big are just beliefs. What's small? You know, you think the whole planet is big? Look at it in comparison to the rest of the universe and the other dimensional universes. It's it's less than a grain of sand. But we think it's this big, impossible thing, you know, as to bring harmony to a, an entire planet. 
if we think it's big and impossible, it's like Vince Lombardi said, if you think you're right or if you think you're wrong, you're correct and you'll prove it. Self-fulfilling prophecy. So why do we hold on to the belief that we can't do anything? That's what makes us subject to being uh, enslaved and killed by Goliath and it's our choice. So what I want to do is demonstrate it. You know, we've talked and talked and talked and, you know, this is not an ego thing to prove anybody's right or wrong. This is not a contest between people. This is not trying to kill the bad guys. That's a, that's a real low-level energy. This is a test to see if we'll really go to the next step. And I'm saying, like Dr. Cousins said, we can do it. It's in our hands and you're... You personally are the microcosm of the whole thing. So what you do as a single person, without having to recruit everybody else or anything like that, has huge power if it gets focused and if you can relax enough to let it work through you. Because it doesn't come from us. It comes from the source of God. Um, anyway, so I don't mean to go on and on. I'm encouraging you to Get in touch with Dr. Cousins if you want to. Check out his site that you saw on screen um, for his activities. Some people have talked about get, having private sessions with me. That's possible too, although I don't have time for very much because I'm, you know, working with Doug and I don't have a crew that's supporting us at the moment. So, But I occasionally have time for private sessions. Just write to me, uh, Richard at lostartsradio.com. And I will read and respond. Other than that, keep up with our shows uh, Sunday nights. And then we have a private group working on the consciousness issue where we are in a non-censored environment. We can also discuss the real health information. If you want, don't know about that and you want to make use of it, check that out at planetaryhealingclub.com. And if you want to help us keep our commercial free broadcasts going and stay on the air and you have resources to do that we have a donate button at lostartsradio.com and also a subscribe star link there either one of which uh, helps us keep going because as I've said before I don't know how to do it with no money yet and that's a the cleanest way that I can think to do it plus any private sessions with me go to just pay the nonprofit that keeps us going Lost Arts Research Institute and um, help us spread the links. There's this thing they've got going on called censorship and shadow banning, etc. And we need to get through that. So if you share the links, that will help. But the main thing, most powerful thing to do, I agree with Dr. Cousins, is there's an internal thing which we've forgotten all about in the current age called consciousness. And it's an invitation to do something that I I don't think has been done in our history before on the scale that it's needed. And the time is valuable. We have a narrow window to put it into practice. And I'd say let's do it now. Do what Dr. Cousins is talking about. Get in touch with planetaryhealingclub.com if you want. Um, if you really need a private session with me, I can do a few. Write to me for that. And um, what you really need to do in yourself costs nothing. Watch your thoughts and emotions in your mind chatter. 
it's what uh, Michael Jackson talked about, the man in the mirror. You change that and watch or the man or woman or child in the mirror. Change that and watch what happens. And then we'll meet back here to talk about it. So thanks for being with us, and we'll look forward to meeting you next time. Talk to you soon. Oh,